goes along with our study for tonight. Nothing between and higher ground. And we're in Ephesians, looking at verse 25, 26 and 27 of chapter 5. We've looked at the wife, loyalty shown in submission, and we started looking at the husband, love shown in sacrifice, and it gives the example of the Lord's love for his church, 25 to 27. And I, I go to the outline that we had printed up for the 24th of October, where the details of the message for this evening is. It's not in the one for tonight. It's just that love shown in sacrifice. I didn't... I didn't give uh, at least the, the details there. Um, <clears throat> the exhortation we've looked at in verse, the first part of verse 25, where we read, Husbands, love your wives. This is an exhortation that we have. Um, something that we should do as Christ, love the church. Um, love. And we're looking at three things tonight in verse 25, 26, and 27. The example of the Lord. Love transformed us in the past. And that is, when we got saved, we were transformed. This is past and it's positional. We were taken as children of darkness to be children of light. Children of the devil to become children of God. And there's many other things like that you could use that we were transformed. And it's a finished act once only. A placing us in a new position in Christ. And uh, how does that happen? Well, there's many verses that tell us, isn't there? There's a, John 3.16, For God so loved the, loved the world, gave his only begotten Son, that if we believe, he changes us, doesn't he? He makes us his children. In John 1.12, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. John 13 verse 1 tells us, He loved us unto death. Um, <clears throat> in Luke 23.34, As the Lord was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This is the love that transformed us when we believed what he had done for us. Um, <clears throat> it reads in Romans chapter 5, verse 7, For scarcely for a righteous man will one give his life. For adventure for a good man, someone even dare to give their life. I've misquoted it, but... <laughs> While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so the example is, you know, we won't give our life for someone, but Christ gave his life for us, that we might be transformed to be his children forever. And so we've looked at that. Love transformed us in the past. That's salvation. It's a past positional thing. Now, in verse 26, as we read, well, verse 25, the last half, Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, just what we've been emphasizing. In verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Love transforms us in the present. And this is sanctification. Salvation and sanctification. It is continuing to transform us. The washing of the water. 
by the word. We're washed in the blood for salvation. We're washed in the word for sanctification. And this is a present thing. And it <laughs> wouldn't it be good if it was just a once only? <laughs> you get sanctified and you're done. <laughs> but it's not like that, is it? <laughs> we are all, all, always battling the old nature. Sin, Satan, self in this world. We battle it. Today we battled it in some way and you know the battle that was had and trust that you were victorious. So <clears throat> love is transforming us in the present to be washed by the word. Let's turn to a passage that sort of elaborates on this a bit to John's Gospel. John's Gospel, chapter 13 and verse 5. It's one of those passages that seem to be turning to a lot. <laughs> one of those things that the Lord said before he left the disciples in that last week of ministry. And uh, he did this for them. <clears throat> and we read in verse 5, And he, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. And then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said unto him, He that is washed needeth not wash his feet, but is clean every whit, but ye are clean, but not all of you. Now, <clears throat> because we have English in our Bibles, of course, but understanding the words that are used here for washed is interesting, isn't it? And you've probably heard it before. Um, <clears throat> in verse 10, Jesus said unto him, He that is washed needeth not wash his wash his feet, but is clean every whit. That word there is luo, and it means bathed, it means completely washed. And uh, if we are not completely washed, we have no part with him, and if we don't have a continual wash, the next word, what needs the save to wash his feet. That word wash, as con contrasted with washed, Washed is luro, bathed. The word wash is nipto, and he ha his hands and his feet. And so this is a sanctification process. And really the Lord's saying, you know, if we don't have a complete bath and washed in the blood of the Lamb, we ha we're not his. Now if we are his and have had that complete bath and are completely washed, we need to have a nipto. And I like, it's easy to remember that Greek thing, isn't it? You just nip into the bathroom and wash your hands and your feet and you nip out. <laughs> you don't have a whole bath, you know. <laughs> it's quick. And, um, <clears throat> and that's what we need to do when? Every day? All the time. Every day, all the time. Nipto. Before you ate your meal tonight, what did you do? I hope. <laughs> Washed your hands. <laughs> And not your feet, probably. <laughs> but before you ate 
midday meal. If you're working in an office or working around you, I mean, touch and think, you wash your hands. Go to hospital, you know, you go to hospital now, and they got that thing, they squeeze it and put it in, and don't wash your hands, just rub it all in. <laughs> it's supposed to kill the germs. And on your way out too, in case you picked something up while you're in there. See, we Christians often forget that we have to be sanctified, meet for the Master's use, and have a nipto often, as often as needed. As things happen and we transgress the Lord's commandments. Um, <clears throat> back in the book of Ephesians, where we are, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. The word washing there is another Greek word, luton. And it's only used once more, and that's in Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. It's interesting that the way it's used in the context there. So here and there. And so the different words for washing. What are other ways that the Bible tells us we are to have this nipto, this wash? There are other words that are used in different epistles to talk about this washing. Yes. Confession of sins. Okay, confession of sins, first John chapter one. There's a positive side of it then. Can you think of, I'll give you a hint, Romans chapter 6 is the positive side of this nipto, yield. The word yield, over and over again it's used there, yielding ye your, yield ye your members as instruments of righteousness unto God and not unto sin. So that's a similar way, thing that has to do with the sanctifying process as we yield to him, and we might not have to have a nipto if we yield to him instead of sin, because we're being sanctified and being used of the Lord. Another word in Colossians chapter 3 and verses 5. Let's turn to that one. <clears throat> it's just near where we are in Ephesians, Colossians 3, um, verse 5. Now, a word there. Mortify, mortify. Down in verse 8, another way of putting it is put off. Yep, put off. What about verse 10? Put off. <laughs> so there's three times there, isn't there? Five, eight, and nine. Oh, and sorry, nine. I gave you the wrong one. <laughs> nine, put off the old man with his deeds. But then the positive, if we're going to put it off, put on, as verse 10 says. And down in verse 12 it says, put on. This is being sanctified, isn't it? Putting off and putting on. Down in verse 14, above all th these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And so <clears throat> in that whole portion there in Colossians 3 verses 5, to 14 and following, you see that this is the process that we're to go through. A daily cleansing, a momentary cleansing, a cleansing that's putting off the old man, and in Romans chapter 6, it's yielding to God and not yielding to the flesh. 
uh, <clears throat> mortifying, ma making dead. Have you ever been mortified when <laughs> you did something stupid or silly? You just read all over you. <laughs> Embarrassed about how stupid you were and what you did. Mortified. And, and well, mort to, to really mortify the body is make it dead. And that's put off this mortal one day. But <clears throat> the Lord points out, you know, you've sinned. He doesn't, he, he doesn't do it publicly. This is a private matter between him and God, and he may need to do it publicly if we go on in the sin and don't, don't do what we ought to be doing. Well, how do we go about this? Well, back there in Ephesians, it talks about <clears throat> washing of water by the word. By the word. Psalm 119 verse 9 tells us, Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way, but by taking heed thereto according to thy word. According to the word. In the beginning was the word, through the Lord Jesus. And the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us. And as he speaks to us, the Lord Jesus, the word, the living word, speaks to us and the word of God speaks to us we are cleansed and we are uh, our sin is pointed out and we start walking right with the Lord um, <clears throat> in James chapter 1 verse 18 it reads of his own will begot he us with the word of truth and later in that chapter verse 21 receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. That talks about sanctifying. The engrafted word. We need to learn how to graft the word. Because that's the sanctifying process. Engrafting. Anybody ever grafted something? Have you ever grafted? On a tree? Yes? Yes, yes there. <laughs> and did it take? Yeah, it's, it, it's just just think. Oh, that's for the uh, what are those fellows down the nursery, nurserymen? You know, the guy down there to do. But you can do it. You can you can cut it. How, how did you do it? Yeah. So they're perfectly in line. You put one on either side of the stock. You might as well, seeing that if you split it, put one on either side, then you bind it up with grafting tape yep. to hold it all together and then cover it with mastic to seal the air out of it. Mm -hmm. There's a special mastic made by the Shell Company that, uh, that you cover the graft with. And uh, I've made a couple of comments in recent times. Yes. Gentiles being grafted into Israel, mm -hmm. uh, how the, the bit that's grafted in bears the fruit and the flowers. Mm -hmm. um, but Israel is still the vital part of the stock. Mm -hmm. yep. Israel is still there and supplying the needs of the engrafted um, Gentiles who are hopefully producing mm -hmm. much fruit. Yep. 
and uh, we benefit from all the blessings that they got from God and all the oracles of God. But that, we can be broken off. And, well, that's a different subject. We better not go there. <laughs> yeah. There's still the stock supply, yeah. the needs for the, uh, you know, for the fruit and the flowers. Yep, and one day they will be... Yeah, one day they'll be... They'll, they'll grow their own. They'll be supplying their own fruit yep. and flowers. They won't need us to be grafted in. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> thinking of that in likeness to the Christian life, receive with meekness the engrafted word. It's like, you know, you've been split and it's been shoved in and you've got a new, <laughs> new hands, new eyes, new, new ears. You, you, you're a new creature in Christ. And that's what it should be, the engrafted word. So love transforms us in the present. That's God's loving work is to change us to be like himself, like his son, the Lord Jesus. That's the purpose here. This is what love does. And within the marriage, in the context we're looking at it, in Ephesians, there is a growth process within marriage. A young couple just being married, a lot to learn, haven't they? And uh, there's, when you grow older, there's uh, still, still things to learn because you're at a different stage with different needs. But he sanctifies and cleanses it with the washing of water by the word. And so the word engrafted into our lives by memorizing, meditating, uh, becomes a part of us and it bears fruit in us. As Brother Dunn talked about that grafting there. Um, <clears throat> the, the next one, verse 27, that he might present it to himself. This is the church. He's talking about a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that it should be holy and without blemish. There's the goal. <laughs> That's the ultimate. Love will transform us. So love has transformed us. Salvation. Love is transforming us, sanctification, and love will transform us in the future. That's glorification. It's future and it's permanent. So past positional salvation, present progressive sanctification, future permanent um, glorification. Look forward to that day. <laughs> Look forward to the day when we will be glorified. And that's what it says, without spot and without wrinkle. And without spot refers to those imperfections from without, as caused by the world. And without wrinkle is a reference to the imperfections within, caused by the old flesh. And the world, the flesh, and devil push, trying to push it in, us into its mould, and we ought not go that way. But this glorification happens when? At the rapture, at the rapture, uh, we shall be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. The dead in Christ shall rise first. We who are alive and remain shall be caught up with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord in a glorified body, all the worries and woes of world gone <laughs> in heaven. That's what God, the Lord Jesus, is planning for us in our Christian life. So there's this, pro this uh, past, present and future here. Salvation, sanctification and glorification that he might present it to himself without spot, without wrinkle, that it should be holy and without blemish. Comfort one another with these words. And the illustration that we could use is that of the grub, the cocoon and then the 
butterfly, metamorphosis, <laughs> metamorphism, <laughs> where we are changed. Nobody really likes grubs, but if a butterfly lands on your head, that's okay. <laughs> and a lot of different ones in Queensland, just in the bush. Or if you're in the treetops. We were in the treetops, not swinging. We were in the treetops <laughs> tree on the sky rail. <laughs> and there were butterflies around there and at all different levels. There was different treetop walks and that you could go on. And or look over the gully that's pretty steep and you can see the butterflies of all different colours. Something to behold, but really we wouldn't want to handle the grub as it munches away on the leaf. <laughs> And have you ever watched, watched him do it? He got the leaf and he's standing there. Oh, he's gripping onto the leaf and he goes, chum, 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 chum. And he lifts his head again and he goes, chum, 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 chum. And he does it pretty quick. <laughs> if you've ever seen a grub chewing away at the leaves of your fruit before you spray him dead, <laughs> put him out of, out of your garden. <clears throat> but then they eat so quick and fast, they, then they're able to spin the cocoon and then they come out completely changed. And the Lord said in 2 Corinthians 3.18, But we all with open face behold, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. Process by process, occasion by occasion, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. In Philippians 3.21, Who shall change our vile body, that it might be fashioned like his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able to subdue all things unto himself. He's in the pro we're in the process. He's doing the work. He knows what we need, and he's working on us. Sometimes it hurts, but it's always beneficial, always for his glory and for our good. So um, let's not complain as we do. <laughs> let's continue to pray and seek. And thank the Lord for how many things? All things. <laughs> Didn't hear that too loud, but all things.